This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, looking at all the big business stories with Oanda senior market analysts from across the world. And today it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Jeff, good morning from London. And good afternoon from Singapore. Before we focus on some of our topics today, where are we at the moment with Asia and Pacific markets? It's very much uh, like the pattern for the previous few days this week. Uh, It's been typified by choppy range trading, and we're not just seeing that in equity markets. We're seeing that across currencies and to a certain extent uh, precious metals and uh, also oil. Uh, The world is uh, seemingly on hold and myopically focused on the US inflation data tomorrow night. And uh, we've seen Asia ease off today slightly again. And I think that is just investors in the region taking some money off the table uh, before these inflation numbers. The exception was China, where their their inflation rose, but by less than expected. And also some government officials were talking about uh, putting uh, price controls on coal. Uh, That was taken as a positive for equity. So they've moved higher. The rest of Asia is just a little bit lower today. Meanwhile, Jeff, yesterday we saw the Biden administration saying it's going to look into violations of what it calls unfair trade practices by competitors like China. That comes after a review of supplies of products such as computer chips. And of course, we know there's a big shortage at the moment, isn't there? Yes, there is a shortage of uh, semiconductors around the world. But part of this is because of production difficulties in places such as uh, Taiwan, where a a drought in uh, Taiwan has uh, curtailed production now. Semiconductor uh, manufacturing uses a lot of of water. But part of this uh, reason that there are chip shortages is the companies themselves, the end users. When the pandemic started, much of the automotive industry, for example, cancelled Ford orders for uh, computer chips for their semiconductors. Of course, the recovery has been a lot faster than uh, we've all basically predicted a year ago, and now they're all scrambling to get supplies. So there's a give and take on both sides. I don't think it's as simple as that we've suddenly run out of semiconductor capacity. What we've uh, run into are supply constraints because of the volume of catch-up orders that are making their way through the system. Okay, let's talk about oil because it hit a 20-month high and 20 months, that's pre-COVID. Quite a significant moment. Yeah, very much so. Um, WTI has been flirting with uh, the $70 a barrel mark for the last couple of days and it managed uh, to move through there in Asia today. Prices are up nearly uh, 1%. Interestingly, uh, US yields fell overnight, but the dollar rose And both of those, you would think that that would actually impact uh, oil prices negatively in in a slow week. But oil has risen despite that news. And I think that's quite an interesting uh, development in the markets. Also, uh, PetroChina was instructed by the Chinese government today to stop using or trading these oil quotas with these small private refineries in an attempt by China to reduce the amount of oil that it imports uh, over the course of the coming year. Technically, should have been bearish for oil as well, but here we are. Oil is higher. I think the with um, one of the biggest factors here is a. It looks like uh, the U.S. is signalling more sanctions will remain on Iran, even if a new nuclear deal is struck. 
so we can uh, discount huge amounts of Iranian crude coming to the markets uh, in the next uh, few months. And also the COVID-19 cases are falling very quickly now in India. Now, India is the third largest importer of oil in the world. And so when they stop importing, which is what they have been doing for obvious reasons over the last month and a half, that does impact prices. So the impending return of uh, India's uh, demand to the market is also helping structurally support prices, even with that tailwind from the global recovery. But the uh, price of oil uh, it looks very constructive at the moment, and I think we're going to see uh, WTI move higher to 72 over the coming week, and I, I believe that we can see Brent crude move as high as the 75 to $76 a barrel region. Okay, let's talk about cryptocurrencies, and I think the market almost faces the moment of truth, doesn't it? Yesterday, we saw Bitcoin fall by 10%. I know it's made a bit of a recovery since. That prompted a market-wide downturn. Billions wiped off Ethereum, uh, Dogecoin, etc. Um, what is the price of Bitcoin at the moment? I said it made a bit of a recovery, um, but you, you expect it might go down further. Yeah, it's around $33,500 per Bitcoin at the moment. So it has recovered quite a bit of that, that initial uh, loss uh, early yesterday. Now, there was concerns that uh, when the FBI announced that they'd seized back some of that colonial pipeline ransom, that they'd found a way to uh, decode the encryption algorithm for Bitcoin for private wallets. It doesn't appear to be the case, but Bitcoin fell on that just because of the Bitcoin universe was suddenly worried that maybe it wasn't immune to government interference or oversight uh, as much as they had hoped. But having said that, I've been watching a formation on the Bitcoin chart for the last couple of weeks. Now, it's called a symmetrical triangle and it's a bearish formation. Won't bore the listeners with too many details, but the break of 35,000 signaled that the triangle had broken and my target for Bitcoin under that circumstance is $22,000. So that's quite a long way, and I think it could move there quite quickly. Additionally, the previous low in the last capitulation sell-off was 30000 and I believe that if we see Bitcoin fall through 30000 again, we're going to see another big capitulation trade. We'll see cryptocurrencies sold aggressively across the board. They're going to fall a long way. That could actually spill over into other markets such as equity markets uh, as uh, as uh, Bitcoin or, or crypto holders look to raise cash to cover losses within that space. On the other side of the Bitcoin, see what I did there, um, there is some support. Uh, we've got the president of El Salvador, I don't know what you think about this, announcing over the weekend that Bitcoin would be considered legal tender uh, in that country. Uh, the NHL San Jose Sharks also became the latest sporting franchise to accept payments in Bitcoin. Are those significant or are you actually thinking, well, actually, I can't take that too seriously? Yeah, I'm in the latter category here. I mean, El Salvador is uh, an economic basket case, although there is precedent there. Zimbabwe actually replaced the Zimbabwe dollar, which was w worth trillions uh, or one dollar was worth trillions of Zimbabwe dollars. It was like um, early the, the Wehrmacht uh, hyperinflation sort of scenario where you needed a wheelbarrow of money to buy a loaf of bread, and by the afternoon you needed two wheelbarrows. Um, they replaced it with the US dollar, which stabilised the country, uh, the economy. 
uh, I don't think Bitcoin's necessarily going to do that simply because it's not very fungible. You can't just walk into a shop and buy a loaf of bread with a Bitcoin or even part of a Bitcoin and um, it has extreme volatility in itself. So I'm dismissing those noises. We are still we're starting to hear more regulatory noises though from around the world, not just China, but we're hearing various officials in the US as well. Um, Europe's been on this bandwagon for a while, and I continue to believe that the threat of regulation or outright banning by major powers around the world uh, is in, uh, the biggest threat to the cryptocurrency space at this time. Now, Jeff, looking ahead to the rest of the week, I suppose all eyes will be on those US inflation numbers coming up. Yeah, it's been a funny old week. It's been a little hard to write about things because markets have generally just been ranging back and forth. And I think this is indicative of the nerves that are around the inflation story. Where The CPI last month came in much higher than expected, but the inflation story and the trade itself, i.e. higher bond yields and a higher dollar, that ran out of steam very quickly. I think if we see a number that is north of 0.8% again tomorrow night, that inflation story will be back on the table again, although whether it has momentum or not is another thing altogether because we saw US bond yields overnight fall to one-month lows. The big uh, issue that the financial markets globally have at the moment is is this inflation transitory, i.e. once these log jams caused by the pandemic pass, Thing, will things return to normal? Uh, or is this the start of the return of sticky inflation uh, for the first time in maybe two decades for most of the world? The answer is we just don't know yet. And I think markets are looking for a, a clearer picture once that, uh, that inflation number comes out tomorrow. The worst uh, case scenario would probably be that it comes out at 0.5, which is what the market is forecasting rather than 0.2 or 0.8. And that would give us a bit of a nil or draw and um, we'd probably going to see more of this choppy range trading as a result of that. But what are market expectations? They're around 0.5. So they're looking uh, for uh, headline CPI to month on month. And I prefer to look at the month on month rather than the year on year numbers uh, because of the base effects from the pandemic last year. Um, I think the month on month gives us a better indication of the direction of travel. So they're looking for that to ease somewhat tomorrow night to 0.5 but as I said if it's somewhere like it was last month 0.8 well I think that's going to put uh, this inflation story straight back on the table and I actually do believe there's a lot of complacency out there and the market is not positioned for it so we could actually see some big moves in the US dollar it could move higher quite sharply equities could fall quite sharply and US bond yields could actually move quite sharply higher. Okay, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Have a great day. And to you, thanks for having me along. The Oanda Podcast.